The golf season has arrived, and if you're looking to shave strokes off your game, you've got to visit the golfballs.com retail center. New inventory is arriving daily. Check out the newest clubs from Ping, TaylorMade, and Callaway, the latest balls from Titleist, Bridgestone, and Srixon, or the hottest apparel and shoes from Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. Located in the Boulevard Shopping Center on Arnold Boulevard next to Harbor Freight Tools. Golfballs.com. We're in your bag raging cajuns podcast i'm your host kevin wilson and alongside me today is the assistant director of athletics for athletic performance candace or should i say candy walls we'll get into that a little bit more later but candace walls how are you i'm doing great how are you doing i'm good i'm good uh just like you quarantining hiding out uh but trying to do some things positive uh how have you been staying busy Oh my gosh. Uh, Well, we're trying to make sure that we keep all the student athletes engaged while we're also not being, I don't know, the cabin fever, uh, getting that to run high. So just trying to, you know, still do our jobs at a high level, but at the same time, take care of ourselves mentally um, as a performance staff. So it's been an interesting, interesting couple weeks for sure. Well, that's a a good uh, starting point there. What does a What's your team doing to kind of stay in contact and and keep your student athletes in shape from afar? Well, it's kind of funny. It's such a loaded question for us because it's definitely evolved over the past couple weeks. And, you know, the NCAA has come out with, well, this is what you can do. This is what you can't do. And then a week later, well, we're going to change it. It's this and then that because, I mean, they don't know what's going on just as much as we don't. So what happened was when this offer started happening about a week before we were asked to kind of leave campus and work remotely, um, we honestly were like, well, let's just get some PDFs together just in case. And then finally we had to have the real conversation once we saw all that they pretty much shut down California. We're like, guys, this is about to be for real. Like we're not going to be allowed to be here. Did you hear about X, Y, and Z campus that shut down? And so we all sat um, in a room together And we're like, how can we all stay engaged for one? Because we all have big personalities. And if we're not interacting with our student athletes, I can just imagine some of these coaches will just explode. So we're like, how can we do that? But at the same time, do it from home. Um, So we came up with, I don't know if you've seen our Instagram uh, page that we've been doing, Mm -hmm. but we all kind of went around the room. We're like, okay, what is your favorite thing to do, Stitcher? And Stitcher's like, Cam, I love snacks. So that's how we kind of birthed like, snacked up Saturdays with Stitch. Because if, if you know Stitcher, that's pretty much how she survives. It isn't off of meals, it's off of snacks. Mm. Like we had a birthday party for her and we literally just served snacks at it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, Meathead Mondays with James, like James loves anything to do with that. I think he has literally trained his whole life for this quarantine. Like I've, I mean, I have really seen his personality blossom over these past couple weeks. So what we did is we asked, Every like coach, like, okay, how can we make, how can we let you be you over break? But at the same time, we get some material out there for our student athletes that they'll enjoy. Because right now, Kevin, it's not about can we prepare for our first soccer game whenever that is, because we don't know when that is. Like, you know, all of us, like sport coaches and strength coaches out there are thinking, well, what's our return to play protocol? We don't have a clue because we don't know when that is. Right. Um, so right now what we wanted to do is get content out there that would get them moving, that would get their families moving, and hopefully Cajun Nation. And we put it on our Instagram platform so it's open to anybody. Now, we put a disclaimer on there that's like consult your doctor before trying. Because the last <laughs> thing we want is someone getting hurt, you know. Um, 
And then we also made these exercises or the things that they could do very, very basic. If they wanted to go to their cabinet and pick up some canned goods or pick up a box of water and do it with that or grab a towel and get down on their living room floor. Um, we made all these training sessions easy enough that they could do that. And then we broke them down on video. So we were like, okay, we all have these student athletes. They learn in different ways. Some of them have to read it. Some of them have to see it. So that's why we made the videos. Um, so what we do every single day to kind of long winded way to answer your question, we post the workout of the day, um, graphically and our graphics department did such a great job. Heather is amazing. Pretty much that same day that we were in that meeting, we stood up and we walked over to the marketing department and I walked in and Doug was standing there and I was like, Doug, this is our idea. He's like, Oh my gosh, go grab your staff and taking pictures of all of you. We'll make a cool graphic with it. And within an hour, we had pictures. We had a big photo shoot. It was so much fun. Um, and then Doug's like, well, I'll help you with video, Candice, till you learn how to do it. So we have a graphic that Heather sets up. And then we have video, which Doug, for the first couple of days, helped me with and kind of got me with some software. And so all these videos are kind of me pumping them out. That's so <laughs> stressful. I have mm -hmm. such a new, new respect for you guys. So we do a graphic. We do a video that explains what the exercises are. And then we call our student athletes and kind of ask them um, just how they're doing. Cause we're not really allowed to check in to see if they're doing their workouts, but we're just like, Hey, how's life. And the neat thing is, is I hear my mom did y'all's training session today. Like she hasn't trained in 20 years. Like, so it's kind of exciting to see people. And then even people on campus, like students, they're literally tagging me with stuff that they're doing. Like I have no idea who these student, students are, <laughs> but it's like a random junior on campus. And he's like, Oh, that was so great, Candace. So that's kind of what we've done. Um, and it's kind of morphed into what it is now. With these student athletes at home mm -hmm. every day, eating, relaxing, what concerns you the most um, upon them returning? I think what concerns us the most is not even really the student athletes because they're 18 to 22, right? They can bounce back. And snap back, yep. Yeah, they, I mean, way more than what we can. We go home and sit for a week in your 30s, 40s. That's 10 pounds. For them, it's like, ah, ooh, I gained a pound. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a couple things, but I think the one thing is us as coaches, like strength coaches and sport coaches, trying to rush it back. Because if we're only given four weeks to get them back, we want it back, right? Because we still have games to win. So, I think the thing that makes me nervous or makes us nervous the most is what we as strength coaches and sport coaches are going to try to do. Because um, the student athletes are going to – they'll bounce back quicker than what we're going to give them credit for because the majority aren't going to go home and do nothing. Um, but I think us putting too much stress on them too soon, you may see a rise in injury. Now, I do have a little concern with they aren't doing much or doing their sport. So maybe the ACLs, maybe a few things that all the strength training and practices kind of help – build them for so they can withstand a season that makes me a little nervous but the biggest stressor in my opinion this is my opinion is going to be the stress we as coaches put on them when they come back because we're going to try to do too much too soon because we've never done this before and if we're not very level-headed about it I think we're going to end up having a lot of soft tissues and maybe injuries that we wouldn't have had before just because the stress of the game you can't recreate that anywhere but a practice and in a game right right we can't do any of that right now. Um, so I think we just got to be very, very smart moving forward. And we have a lot of great coaches at UL. So I think they're going to do a great job with that. I think we first just have to figure out like when the heck are we coming back? <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're your normal concerns. Like you have a weight loss guy or a female that goes home, like 
you're going to do what we ask. But I think our dietitians, that's the one thing we have up on a lot of people in our conference and countries. We have three full-time dietitians and a, like kind of a part-timer. We have a, I mean, you pick up the phone, you're just talking to kids. You're not going to save everybody, but one or two is going to make it a lot easier when you get back. Now, the social media attack that you've uh, been putting forward with the help of Heather Williams and Doug Domain, mm-hmm. um, who work in our communications and marketing departments, uh, respectively, um, those are the good things, some positive things that you can do. But what are some great things that people should stay away from um, <laughs> as they stay at home uh, being trying to avoid the sedentary lifestyle? Well, I mean, if you look at what this virus does, I mean, they say like you need to have a good immune system, right? Well, to have a good immune system, what are some things you can do? First off, yeah, wash your hands. Like that's our running line is like, ooh, wash your hands. Um, but you need to drink some water. Like you want your body to run the best. Like we, we call it Thirsty Thursdays, which fits, you know, Cajun land very well. But <laughs> we're trying to promote a different way for that thirsty Thursday to be like the Cajun culture is lots of great food, right? It's lots of, lots of celebratory drinks and there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, it's everything in moderation. So if you're someone that maybe has three drinks when you, you know, every single night, let's cut that down to two. Okay. Now that we've done that for a week or two, because we have nothing else to do, right? Let's mm-hmm. pick something. Now let's cut that down to one drink. And then it's like, okay, let's cut that down to three drinks overall for the whole week. And I think as you're if pushing you can it. practice those habits, that's just going to keep you healthier. And then that extra 10 that maybe you had on anyway, that'll go drop it. Or, you know, some of the foods, and I'm sure people in the Cajun world is going to shut this off once I say this, but you know, just lessening the fried foods that you're eating. I'm not saying get rid of them, but maybe just switch it out a little bit. Maybe have a three to one ratio. Maybe, okay, you want to have that, throw some greens in there. And I don't mean collard greens that are like (laughs) cooked the way we like them. Like go get something a little bit fresher. Um, Throw some fruit in. Maybe you're not a breakfast person. Throw some fruit in maybe eat that in the morning. But I think just changing up our little habits that we've created just in general, kind of as as a Cajun nation or just a nation in, I mean, We are one of the largest nations in the world. Um, I think if we just start making little changes, nothing drastic, because let's be real. If I ask you to do that, Kevin, would you would you be able to or would you last for maybe two days, come crashing down and feel real guilty? Right. 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 It's like we ask our student athletes. One percent, man. Pick one thing today that you're going to try to do. And if that's one glass of water, I'll take it. And I think another thing people can do is just get out. We talked about it yesterday. Um, We do slow it down Sundays. And on slow it down Sunday, it talks about resetting your mind and resetting your body. So we give them something like find a book. Our challenge this week was find a book to read. Nothing to do with school. That's going to stimulate your brain in a different way. Read 10 pages a day. You can't read 10, read five pages. You're like, Hannah, I can't read five. Pick, read one page and put the book down. And the next part we said is get out and go for a walk. I think that's the easiest thing that any Cajun can do. If you're literally sedentary and you don't move off your couch and maybe you worked from home anyway, that's okay. Get up, go outside, walk to the end of your driveway and back. The next day, walk a little bit further. But don't feel overwhelmed that you – I mean, we have great weather. I don't know if you've been outside lately, Mm -hmm. but I think it's rained two times in the past three weeks and Mm -hmm. been so sunny and blue skies, like go out just for a minute and enjoy that. Get the sunlight. Um, but simple things like that, Kevin, I think could definitely jumpstart something that when all this quarantine's over, why can't you still do that? Right. And, but you're trying to take food, 
and alcohol from, <laughs> from this environment. Uh, what would you say is like, what one big food, if you just mm -hmm. had one food that you could pluck from everybody Ooh, to pluck? tell them, yeah, say, stop eating this. Uh, what, what would that food be? I wouldn't say that's any food. I really? love food. I'm from Kentucky. No, I mean, I grew up on, there's a bread at every meal, whether it's cornbread, bread, mm. like just bread. I mean, literally just to have bread at the table, people will go open a loaf of bread and stick it and put a slab of butter beside it. <laughs> I grew up on fried chicken. I grew up on some type of potato being with, okay, funny story. I was in, I left college and I moved down to Texas my first year after I was done. You know, when you're in college, I ate at the calf. That's where everybody ate. Mm -hmm. so I never cooked. Um, so I go and uh, my friends down there, I was interning with a bunch of people from all over the country, right? There's like 10 of us. And every weekend we would have wherever you're from night. So it was Kentucky night. And I was like, oh yeah, I can cook all that. And really deep down inside, I'm like, I have no clue how to cook any of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like calling my mom and I'm like, mom, I cannot get these vegetables to taste like yours. She goes, honey, I'm going to tell you the greatest trick in the world. I'm like, mom, it's simple. You just dump the can of like vegetables out. She goes, yeah. And you put a big slab Stick of butter, butter in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, what? I've been eating that with, and she's like, oh yeah. So in my mind, like the food I was eating wasn't bad. Maybe I just need to eat so much of it. So I would say I wouldn't take any of the food out because who am I to tell you food that you've been eating and people have been eating for hundreds of years is wrong. Like literally the chemistry of our body has literally adapted to it. Right. So I'm supposed to tell you that's wrong. All I'm telling you to do is eat something else with it. You oh. eat where your regular, like maybe you got, I don't know, maybe fried maybe chicken and french fries. Yeah, that's okay. You know what? Put like some salad in with it. Oh, if see. you can't stand spinach, do some iceberg lettuce. I'm dead serious. Don't take it out. But I think what's going to happen is when you start putting some of these foods in, your belly's not going to be able to stand all that. You're all of a sudden going to have like, ooh. You know, that extra like fried stuff kind of, it's irritating my belly. So slowly you're going to integrate that out anyway, mm. or maybe you keep it in because it is such a great cultural thing. Like I'm not Cajun nation. I'm not telling you your food is bad. I'm just saying, let's introduce some other fresher things into it. So I wouldn't say I wouldn't take anything out. I would just chill on the alcohol in the sense of like, just don't drink so much of it. That's, that's asking a whole lot. Hey, if, I, if that means a half, like just take half a glass away. And you can be like, Candace, I gave you your 1% and I go be quiet. I'm okay with that. <laughs> and maybe in place of it, take a shot of water. Right. There we go. Mm. For every mm. shot of whatever you're drinking, drink a shot of water. I'll be cool with that. I'll right. leave you alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> and obviously we're having this deep of a conversation. This is great for everyday life, but with us being at home, uh, you know, staying away and staying inside, uh, these are these are great notes. And in Lafayette, we are seeing some not essential businesses uh, slowly reopen with safety precautions. Um, in your opinion, Candace, is this too soon? What do I know? I don't know. This is my thing. I know economically, I feel my heart breaks for those people that have worked their entire life to open something up. Um, I know a lot of, even some big corporations, I saw that Gold's Gym, they shut down 30 locations nationwide. Um, and I know that's a big corporation, but at the same time, local people franchise that out and run that themselves. So you may have had a guy that ran a mom and pop shop forever and then decided to buy into the franchise and that's shutting down. I can even imagine if you don't have that support from whatever franchise you're working with and it is just your place. So I'm kind of very, very split about that, but I also don't know enough about the virus as many of us do. Like 
what really is going to affect us if we put these precautions? Because I know the precaution is stay six feet away from everybody, right? Only 25% occupancy can go into that. Um, so in my mind, if that is going to keep us safe, then why not? Mm-hmm. If the if the government and this is where you got to trust in your government and your you know your local politicians and all that and be like okay I'm trusting your knowledge to keep us safe so if it is safe for us to do that and we can keep people that have worked their entire lives in business let's do it but if it's a back way to keep the economy going but then we're still going to get sick like I don't know how I feel about that I do know though that. I mean, we got hit really hard compared to the rest of the country. And if you're looking at our small little state compared to some of these bigger ones, our numbers are astronomical for whatever reason that is. Um, So I just don't want to see the people of Louisiana or Cajun Nation sick and hurt. So I'm kind of, it's very mixed for me. Um, I just, I don't know if we can keep our economics booming while at the same time staying safe, I'll support whatever that looks like. And what concerns you the most about returning to the day-to-day? So as we return to normal, say tomorrow, they say everything's back open. Mm -hmm. What concerns you the most about that situation? The unknown. Like, this has never happened before. I mean, come on, when was it, like 1918, I think we shut the country down like this or something like that? I mean, in my mind, I was like, ah, this is being blown out of proportion, like, this is insane. And then I started seeing the numbers climb. And then we start seeing across the country, like in Italy, they don't even have places to, you know, put their loved ones that have passed right now. Like everything's just, it's just so unknown. And I'm watching people that have, are a couple of months ahead of us uh, where they're at. And I'm like, wow, like, okay, have we learned from them? And are we doing it the right way? Or are we jumping the gun? Because I mean, the NBA alone lost 70 million plus off this. Mm-hmm. And if you're telling me a big place like the NBA is going to shut down and lose that money, this must be serious. If I'm looking at, like, I mean, if you just, come on, cities are shutting down and only a couple businesses, I mean, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just jumping back into it kind of makes me scared because the whole world shut down. (laughs) I mean, I don't don't know what else to say to that one. Like, (laughs) I just, I hope that we go about it the right way. And then when we do come back, I hope we're just very smart and we learn from this, whatever that may be once they kind of do a little more research and find ways. And then however we can prevent this, I hope people take this serious and do those precautionary measures and not be arrogant because we're in our twenties or thirties and we're not the population that'll get that sick because we have to think of those younger than us and older than us or those that maybe have bad immune systems that are our age and realize we can carry that to them. So how are you doing your part to help prevent and to stop this a little sooner, if that makes sense? Yeah, coming to the understanding that people are legitimately dying from Mm -hmm. this daily and not just dozens, hundreds of people are dying from this daily. Um, Let's take it back to happier times. Uh, Candy candy walls. Uh, Let me take you back to 2009, senior year. Oh, gosh. Women's basketball star at Berea College in Kentucky. It's called Berea. Everybody calls it That's Berea. That's what I said. That's what I said. It's a weird um, school. <laughs> 26.2 points per game, 11.2 rebounds per game, 207 three-pointers made in that senior year. What was going on out there? Um, I have a very funny story when it comes to even how I got to Berea and why I stayed at Berea. Um, cause my story was definitely written in a different way. Um, and so the fact of how I even got brought there is funny in itself, which 
shows you full circle, like how my senior year ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, it was ridiculous. I worked my butt off for it, but it's just kind of funny when I look back at it. Um, you know, I'm, I was born and raised in Kentucky. I went by Candy my whole life because you yeah, probably you looked me up. It's like, like on my like certificate when I graduated, it says Candy Walls. Of course. Like it didn't say Candace. <laughs> my name didn't change until I got to grad school at the Citadel when I was a GA. And uh, it was a crossroads for me. Basically, I had no options. So for a good year, I didn't even answer to that name. I was so mad that they were trying to make me change it. So, you know, anybody that knew me previous to the Citadel, even the guys at Texas, they call me Candy or Kentucky. Kentucky yeah. is fantastic. Kentucky, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, no, it's kind of funny because what I'm doing today as a strength coach is 100% directly affected to the senior year that I had. Um, so, Berea College is a very small school. It's bounced between being D3 and NAI for a very long time. Um, in high school, you know, my parents had split. And uh, <laughs> so I had a choice. And I had, I had a mom, and I'll be very vulnerable right here. I love her to death. She's a recovering alcoholic. Um, and I had a younger sister that lived with her. And so I wanted to be at a school that was close enough that I needed to go and help my younger sister that I could be there. And Berea was 45 minutes away. Um, there was a couple other smaller schools around the area that I had committed to, and then they had coaches changing, and they were small D1 schools like Moorhead, Eastern Kentucky, and they were like, well, you know what we'll do? We'll let you walk on. And, of course, I don't know anything about the recruiting world, like small, small school. I'm like, I'm not going to walk on. I'll just go down here for a year. I'll put my work in at Berea, and then I'll transfer out when someone's willing to give me an offer. Well, I go my first year and I do what every stupid college student does. I partake in the festivities and the fun Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I've never done that. I'm away from home um, and my grades sucked. And that's why I feel like I'm so good with some of these kids and I can relate because I'm like been there, done that. Right. Right. So first year goes by. I still have a great basketball season. Just academically, I am one of those kids that drive me crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Sophomore year. I'm like, okay, I'll go sophomore year. I'll get my grades back up. I'll transfer out. I get the grades back up. I have, you know, a decent year. And then I go to transfer to this small D1 in New York, and they tell me I have to start over. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. School in Candace doesn't work with candy at the time. No, no, no. What do you mean I got to start over as a freshman? They're like, this is a liberal arts university or college. None of your two years of this liberal arts juju that and crap, basically, they called it it's going to transfer to this state school in New York. And I'm like, because, you know, we had to take stuff like introduction to Christianity and mm-hmm, basket mm-hmm. weaving. And mm-hmm. I'm dead serious. Like there wasn't like a basket weaving class. That mm-hmm. they, and they're like, it's not going to transfer Candace. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to undergrad for six years. Like, so I had a really hard decision to make, like transfer out and live the stream that everybody wants or stay here and finish your school. So I decided to stay. And I think right after my sophomore year, I made a decision, like all the stupid things that I've been doing. Uh, and then I found it. I found a purpose in life. My friend uh, that he's actually at an NBA team out in Phoenix right now. He's like, Candace, you know, you can do strength conditioning as a job. I'm like, cause I was training with the men's team because we didn't have a strength coach and it was just me. And I was like, really? Like, this is a full-time job. He's like, yeah, big D one schools. Cause at the time it was such a young field. He's like, you can, do this for life. Mm-hmm. So my junior year, I called Wake Forest and I was like, yo, like my buddy just told me I can do this. Can I come intern? He's like, well, do you want to come during Christmas? I'm like, no, 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 no. Cause this is August. 
I was like, I can be there in May. And he's like, why are you calling me right now? I was like, I just want to make sure I can secure a spot. Mm. So after my junior year that summer, I went to Wake Forest and I trained with the women's basketball team. So I coached football in the mornings. I lifted with the women's basketball team like mid-morning, coached volleyball, some other. And then I played pickup with those girls at night. So all I did all summer for the – because NAI and D3, they don't require you to stay in the summers. Like basketballs Mm. do like kind of at your more D1 levels. Right. So I'd never had this training before I went back and I wasn't even the same human being. My per, my, like I hadn't changed. All I had done is like committed a full eight weeks to something. Oh my gosh. Leading score in the country. Like, I mean, it was ridiculous and it yeah. wasn't because I was amazing. It's because I chose to like work hard for eight weeks. Right. That's so- all it took. You mean I could have done that through. I didn't know. And so right then and there, I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Wow. Like, it just was mind-blowing. And no regrets so far? None. You know, I used to look back, and it's funny because I was actually, that year after, I was going to do an internship for a couple months, and then in July, I was going to go to Greece and play in, like, you know, a small little professional league over there. I was so excited. So I was like, ooh, I'll go to Texas for two months, and then, bam, July, I'm out. Well, I go to Texas, and uh, the head guy after a month sits me down and is like, Candace, you're Candy, you're not Candace Parker. And Candace Parker at the time was like, everything yeah. still yeah. is. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of rude. <laughs> but yes, you're right. And he's like, so stay here, give up those dreams. Cause you'll go to Europe, you'll play for a year or two, you'll come back and then you'll have to start over as an intern or decide to stay now, hang up the, you know, the shoes and you'll be a director by 27. That was the hardest decision of my life, but guess I was director by 26. Wow. Wow. So yeah, no regrets. There's lots of what ifs, but I just put those to rest and I'm I'm pretty happy with where my life's at. Speaking of what ifs, if I had a a bet going on, it was one on one with you and Ty Doucette of the women's basketball team. Oh <laughs> first to eleven, win by two. Who wins that game today? If I shoot on the outside perimeter, me all day long, if I try to take it in on her at all, I'm just gonna eat the ball. Mm-hmm. So Ty like you got me, girl. Like, she – oh, my gosh. Ty is – I am so glad Coach Broadhead was able to recruit her. I know that she had some other – I mean, she's told me some stories about some other schools. Shame on them. Hmm. She is a beast. And For I remember sure. working with her her first two years and just being like, if she could just get a little ugh, in her, like, she would – She would. oh, she already does. But if she could get a little meanness to her, oh, my gosh, she's an amazing player. If she gave so, eight uh, weeks of unfo- of straight focus on the basketball court, like a like a young candy, um, she'd be a different, even better player, huh? We just no, we just need to get her mean. Like some reason, just tick her off. You see, Ty ticked off. She's a be- like she's a beast. It's a different player life. for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Ty is. We are very blessed to be able to watch. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see her next year. And j- every year, she just blossoms into a little bit better player. Um, but she's definitely one of those that'll be the, one of the best to come through. I think the Cajun nation for sure. And speaking of toughness, you know, I'm on the line right now with the 2018 Louisiana state golden gloves champion (laughs) and candy walls. Um, your love of boxing, where did it start? Oh, I don't even know. Some like, I guess, okay. I'm being vulnerable already. I'll just let it out. Yeah, we go. So forever. I did a lot of stuff when I, you know, basketball, I had to put that to the side, but I was always still real competitive So, and I think a lot of strength coaches go through this, like, how do I still compete? 
but at the same time still be a professional and do this career that I'm seeking. And a lot of us get into powerlifting or Olympic lifting. At the time, CrossFit kind of just started shooting off. This was in 2009, 2010. It wasn't this big mecca that it is now. So I did a few CrossFit competitions because I worked a free internship at Texas, so I needed money somehow. Um, so I worked a CrossFit gym. They paid me, and then I went and I interned for whatever amount of hours at Texas. And so I tried a few of those, and it just really wasn't my thing. Um, I did some Olympic lifting competitions, and I found powerlifting. And I, when I went to Baylor, I was like, ooh, this is so much fun. Three exercises. I get to be big and tough. Like, heck, yeah. And you get a lot of respect from, you know, especially I worked with football. So I got a lot of respect from the guys that way. But then I noticed I just kept breaking down. I had never been hurt throughout my entire college career or high school, not a single injury. I think maybe I sprained my ankle when I was 12 working in the garden with my dad. That's like the most injury I'd ever had. Um, so, yeah, I was out um, powerlifting and my back blew out. Mm. And it wasn't necessarily the powerlifting. It was all the stupid things that I had done, like not sleeping, not eating, working 15 hours a day, doing my list to train at 9 o'clock at night. Because at the time, I was still trying to balance grad school, a full-time job, and then Candace. And I'm crazy, so that's a lot to balance. <laughs> um, so I blew my back out. Next thing it blew out was my knee. And I'm like, what is going on? And then, you know, I dated somebody for four years. We broke up. So it, just, it was just devastating. I mean, I was going through an injury. I was going through a heartbreak. And at the same time, I was trying to keep my life afloat and be really great for these kids, right? Because at the time, I was the director of Olympic Sports at Baylor. Um, so I was just kind of broken. I was just real sad and broken and, you know, mental health is a real thing. It'll affect anybody. The strongest people that you think are out there are probably battling some of the worst battles. So I was, I was just depressed. And my boss at the time, um, he used to box. He had a guy that would come in and run mitts with them. And you know, so I just walked up to him one day and I was like, Hey, can I, can I hit mitts with you? It seems fun. I've kind of messed with it, messed it with it before. And he's like, sure. And so it turned into an everyday thing. So it started becoming my therapy for an hour a day. Wow. And then all of a sudden I was like, hey, Coach Cause, do you mind if I go to Jamie's gym and I train with him a little bit there? Because he only came like three days a week. So then it came from I was out there. Then I went to the gym. Then I was in the gym. I was seeing people spar. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I don't know if I'd like to get hit in the face, but I'd like to try it. <laughs> and the object is not to get hit in the face. It's to not get hit in the face, right? Well, I didn't it's know. It's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Right. So Coach Cobbs came and actually we put it was it's so ridiculous. I saw the video of it. It's so bad. Okay, mitts in general three years ago was terrible. Imagine me putting the I had a pair of basketball shorts on. I had this cutoff shirt, this rinky dink taped up like headgear, and I was just like bouncing the whole time like this. <laughs> and it was just like it was it was like rocket socket. Like it was so bad. So we sparred, and I swear to you, they say you'll really know if you're a boxer the first time you get hit. I wasn't scared. Yeah, it hurt, but I was just, all I could think of is, well, how do I hit that person back? Mm. And so right then I was like, I think I may want to box. So a month later was the first, the golden gloves in uh, Waco. Well, I show up and then there's nobody there for me to fight. So I missed the first fight. And then I took an interview at, you know, the Grand Ole, Louisiana, got it. And then I moved here. And first thing I was doing when I moved was not looking for an apartment. I was looking for a boxing gym. <laughs> Need that. <laughs> and so I just kind of stumbled upon it. So I think it really started through me just being really, really broken and needing something as a release. And I was just so stubborn. I didn't want to go talk to somebody, but everybody out there, if you are broken or need help, like 
I completely 100% more mature me support that. Um, and I have, you know, gone and done that. So I don't think anybody should feel shame for that. But really, like, boxing came out of me having no other option. I didn't know where, where else to turn. And so I turned to that, which is so weird. <laughs> well, I mean, it's competitive and it's an individual Yep. Sport, you know, so it's it's something you like to have the onus on yourself. And you find a lot of uh, leaders in different sports saying, you know, I like this tennis boxing mm-hmm. because the onus is still on me. So you get that rush of adrenaline that if I lose, it's my fault. If I win. I've never been in that type of sport either. Right, right. I mean, like powerlifting kind of, but like, there's so many things like, well, they red lighted me like because it didn't get mm. here. Or what do you mean I didn't lock out? And you can argue all day long. There's no arguing. I mean, <laughs> there is a point system in USA boxing to where yeah, yeah. the judges, but at the end of the day, you step in there. First off, you have a newfound respect for your opponent. Something about martial arts or like, just the whole fighting combat sport thing in general. I don't care if you have 30 fights and that person has one. There is this bond. And I never used to get it. Like I used to, you know, I, I loved UFC forever. And in my mind, I was like, how are they hugging after this? Yeah. You yeah. just got your butt kicked mm-hmm. and you're out there hugging them. Like, right. I don't, and I didn't understand it, but now I get that. Now you should still be angry and sour if you lost. Cause nobody likes to lose, but I just never been in an individual sport. And I'm glad I hadn't because I would have been, you come across some people in these individual sports and you can tell mm-hmm. they've been it. So I think there's something true about my entire life. I come from a big family and I come from team sports I'm definitely glad I had because I get to bring a different element, I think, to the sport. Like, I'm literally sparring and I'm like encouraging the other person. I'm like, come on, let's go. We got a minute. They're kind of stop talking. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, or I'm coaching people. Like, we're right. doing like bag work, right? And I'm like, let's go, guys. Yeah, yeah. Hit that. And they're kind of seriously stop talking. <laughs> yeah, you're in love with it. You are in love with it. <laughs> now, how do you get hit? This is one thing I don't understand, especially in boxing. How do you get hit in the face? and calmly continue a match without just swinging wildly and trying to hit them back right in the face? Uh, it's something I've had to learn over the time. Cause at first I used to get ticked off and yeah. all I, I would just start teeing off. And then all of a sudden I noticed 30 seconds later, after all the punches I threw that didn't hit the person, <laughs> I blacked out. Mm. Like it just, I think it's a learned skill. I think you first have to get over the shock of being hurt, like hit, because then you go into your fire flight. Right. And I noticed through that, like I'm a fire, like, like I don't go run off I fight and the problem with that is is none of it's controlled which was a reflection of my life at the time you tick me off I just go off yeah I was very an emotional yeah. driven person and it's, you know I still battle with that if anybody's ever come across me like there's that piece that comes but I think it, it was a very inner discipline like if you have a kid that is just getting in trouble all the time or wanting to fight I say put them in boxing you're not equipping them to be more violent you're showing them a way to channel it in a very respectful manner. Um, so I think it, it teaches, it's a big life thing. Like how do you get hit, be composed, be a professional and then keep going. Cause we run into this in athletics every single day. Um, so honestly, I think it just takes practice and breathing and I think breathing and just staying calm and you turning it into a chess mask, chess mask, not checkers. I think if you look at the short-term game, you are going to do dumb stuff like just fly off and throw. Like, and there's a time and a place for that. Like, you got 10 seconds left, and you know you Showtime. don't have to get knocked out or that. Like, you go. Yeah, like, yeah. She with the cheap shot early on. Okay, get get her in that last 10 as long mm-hmm. as it's not going to cost you. Or if you already know, like, 
a lot of times in boxing matches too, unless you knock somebody out with the point system, you know you probably already lost when it's gotten to that third round. And they do the little mm. – I hate that sound, but I love it at the same time because you can just go. Like, right. you're in the third round, you know it's done. Just tee off and go. That's when you can have your moments. But it's just like in life, there's a time to fly off and there's a time not to. Yeah. So I think – I don't know. It's a very – it's a very interesting sport. It's a very violent sport, but at the same time, it's not because it teach you, teaches you, like, yeah, within this ring, but outside of it, no. Like, so. What hurts worse, a shot in the jaw, chin, or a body shot in the ribs? Depends on who's throwing it. Mm. Um, my last fight, actually, in Atlanta, she was a shorter, shorter woman. Freaking, she played rugby, though. So I'm talking Sick. like. Her muscle, oh my gosh, her muscles yeah. had muscles. And yeah. I'd seen her around at some of these national events. Like, <laughs> once you start going to some of these national tournaments, you start to see the same faces, kind of like in AAU or anything else you're doing, like mm-hmm. kind of amateur, even in the league. Like, you just know who these people are. And I've seen her a lot. And I remember, like, dang, like, she's rocked up. She's a little stiff because, I mean, like, when you have muscle, it's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, that punch has got to hurt. Well, I have a punch that's like an overhand, so like you just go down on them and it kind of hits them. Well, she's shorter, right? So I was having to throw it real strange, but every time I would go, she was short enough that her overhand actually would just hit me right in my jaw. Mm. So it was like a weird little trying to figure out, well, she hit it so hard, my jaw just went like out and over. I'd never felt like anything like that. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. This fight's really intense. Like, So I'm like, let me wrap her up for a second and let me pop the sucker back in. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Afterwards, I couldn't eat or drink. And I had another fight the next day. So I was like, what do I do? So that day, that hurt worse than anything. But then you get in the gym. I've never been dropped in a fight on it. But I have my sparring partner. Her name's Ariel Davis. She's on the Haitian national team. She's, like, ranked in two different weight classes in the country. Like, the woman is – she was actually my second fight that I lost to. Mm. My, my first ever loss was to her. Best loss I ever took because now I have one of the greatest training partners in the world right That's now. Awesome, yeah. Um, and I drive down to New Orleans to fight with her all the time and like spar with her. It's crazy. But anyway, we go down there and uh, we're sparring. If homegirl didn't figure out how to throw a body shot that day, we're, I don't even remember my life for about 20 seconds, Kevin. Or at least I thought it felt like a minute. They say it was only 10. Mm-hmm. They lie. Like I was like, <laughs> and I'm like down on the ground praying that my mom will come save me, like thinking <laughs> I was like, just I'm dead. That honestly was like, I don't know which one I want to take, my jaw getting knocked out or Ariel's body shot. Now that body shot landed where? Oh, it was just right. It's like right the there. App. Oh, man. Oh, oh. Solar plex, like boom. And you just – and then one day a buddy of mine caught me behind the ribs. And he's like this big rocked up heavyweight guy, right? And normally like – they don't – if they actually threw at you, it doesn't matter how great you're, – you're going to be out. Yeah, yeah. He just – he barely tapped me. It was a little like <laughs> – and he was like – it's on video, right? Like, we wrap up, and I try to get a cheap shot at the end because I'm like, you're this big 230-pound man. Like, I'm going to get mine, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he literally wraps me and taps me, right? I mean, like, <laughs> when you watch the video and I'm done like, – I didn't even know it was going to happen. I'm on the floor like – like, and he's like, Candace, get up get up. You're fine. I'm like, (laughs) like I'm trying not to cry. Right. But it was literally like just a little tap. So it's really funny when it comes to the body, sometimes they can look at you and you're done. Like, Oh, terrible. I do not wish that on my worst enemy. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying the boxing. Um, I know. Right. Let's, uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's, let's end on this. 
Um, we're all locked up. We're all trying to find some new stuff to do, be it with kids or alone with what three shows or movies should we be watching? The, the candy wall specials that oh, we should man. be watching while in quarantine. And I, just so you know, before we go, I'm perfectly fine if people call me candy. No okay. preference on that. So if people start calling me this after that, I'm okay with that. There it is. I'll I keep probably pushing answer it. to it way better than Candace. <laughs> um, okay. Three shows. I've been told I can't name a few shows. No, I'm just kidding. Um, have you seen, what is it called? Uh, what is the one where they're, it's like, it takes place in Italy or something like that. Or, or Spain. It's in Spain and they rob a bank. Uh, what is that called? I can't think of the name of it, but it's a really good show. It's like the number Oh, it's one a show. show. Is it a like, heist? Uh, Money heist. There Money we heist. go. Yeah, yeah. Money heist. Yeah, it's a pretty cool show right now. I probably wouldn't watch it with your kids, but uh, it's a good <laughs> show. Um, I actually watched the Waco show yesterday or day before yesterday. The Waco show. The yeah, house? it's on Netflix. It just got released. I guess it's been its like 25 or 20 year anniversary. They did a documentary series on what happened in Waco. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, and you know, living in Waco forever, you hear a lot of things. So the doc, they did a, it's not, it's like a, actually a TV series, so it's not really a documentary, but they took a lot of the real facts and then kind of interviewing people and they put it together in a show. So it definitely showed a different light on it than I'd ever seen before. Um, let's see, third one. Oh, what is that other one? Oh, Ozarks. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. So good right now. Must see. Must see. Oh, it's a, like that. La I'm definitely a binger. Like once I start, I just can't kind of stop. <laughs> um, the Ozarks. So like that last that last show. Uh, have you seen it all yet? Yeah, I'm through. I'm through season three right now. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. very last episode. I was yeah. like, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh! Can we have season four now? Like <laughs> <laughs> we need that. Yeah. yeah. It, it started and ended so fast. Um, but yeah, so three great shows at uh, the Candy Wall specials. But um, Candace, Candy, Kentucky Walls, I just want to thank you uh, so much for your time. And I appreciate you uh, doing this. I know you're uh, still working hard and figuring out some things as we hopefully get closer and closer to getting to our new normal. Special thanks to our sponsor for the Raging Cajuns podcast. The golf season has arrived, and if you're looking to shave strokes off your game, you've got to visit the golfballs.com retail center. New inventory is arriving daily. Check out the newest clubs from Ping, TaylorMade, and Callaway, the latest balls from Titleist, Bridgestone, and Srixon, or the hottest apparel and shoes from Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. Located in the Boulevard Shopping Center on Arnold Boulevard next to Harbor Freight Tools. Golfballs.com. We're in your bag.